the farmer to the florist, from the baker to the bookkeeper, and everyone in between. Welcome to Your Country Business. Welcome to episode three of Your Country Business, the show that is all about business in the bush. We're sharing the stories of the business owners and community leaders that make up this wonderful part of rural and remote Australia. I'm your host, Shane Sellers, fellow country business owner. I'm really passionate about business in the bush and growing the communities that these businesses operate in. Quick shout out to our sponsor, ClearLogic Solutions, which is my business. This podcast would not be possible without ClearLogic Solutions. So what is it that we do? Well, we help businesses improve their performance through business systems, strategy risk and compliance, and work health and safety services. You can check us out at clearlogicsolutions.com.au or on Facebook or LinkedIn. To stay up to date with the latest episodes of Your Country Business, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and the audio version of the podcast gets streamed to just about every uh, possible podcast app that's out there. So we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're probably on there. Uh, If not, you can always check us out at the website and we've also got some streaming options that are available live on the website there. But that's enough for me. Let's jump into episode three of Your Country Business. Episode three, Your Country Business, here with Rick Grinsell from Roma Fire and First Aid. Welcome, Rick. Thanks very much for coming on Your Country Business. Morning, Shane. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about Roma Fire and First Aid. What, what do you do there in the business, mate? We're a uh, predominantly a fire protection business. We uh, got in First Aid a little while back um, because people asked us to. And so... Um, about three years ago, I, I rebadged the, the company, and now we are Roma Fire and First Aid. Uh, we sell and maintain firefighting equipment. We teach people how to use it, and we do the same with first aid equipment. Yep, and I believe Roma resident twenty years and quite a number of years in the fire protection industry. Yeah, we moved here in in two thousand. Uh, I had twenty years in the industry before that, and so I've just passed forty years. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, look, I still enjoy it. Um, there are very challenging days, but then there are times when something happens that really makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. And just before the show, you were saying you'd like to share some stories about smoke alarms and fire extinguishers. So, you know, by all means, let's uh, let's hear them. Okay. Um, we're about four years into the business and one of the, uh, the agricultural companies asked us to put fire equipment and smoke alarms in their buildings. We didn't have an electrical license in, so I got Ronnie Pollard to, to put the smoke alarms in. Um, that was in about February, March. The, the weather got cold, obviously, and one of the little old places, a fellow and his wife lit the fire one night. They had a new baby. Uh, they were outside having a cup of tea. Uh, they didn't know that the mortar had fallen out of the back of the fireplace. It actually burnt through the wall into the baby's room and was filling the room full of smoke. The smoke alarm went off. They got inside just as the smoke was rolling over the cot. Saved the baby. And the fire extinguisher they had, they were able to control the fire until the, the fire brigade got there. 
So that's a that's a real wow moment. Uh, you live on things like that. Yeah. So obviously different different case without the smoke alarm. Then not waking up. Oh and... yeah, yeah. It would have been tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And then uh, Claire, my daughter, and I, we had a business trip to Brisbane a little while ago, and we were leaving a car park. Uh, a bit of a bomb car came into park, and pulled up, and his front passenger side wheel was on fire. <laughs> And uh, Claire was very quick to think and jumped out, grabbed a new extinguisher out of a box out of the back of the ute, raced over and put the put the fire out right in the middle of a car park, which could have been disastrous. Yep. Um, so, yeah, little things like that make it all worthwhile. And it's all about that prior preparation, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Without that, obviously, it'd be different outcomes with it. So, Rick, take us back uh, before the business, before moving to Roma. What... What was what? What were you doing back in the day? Like that that led you eventually to where you are now. What 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 did that look like? All right, um, I was born in Tenterfield, which uh, really is part of Queensland, New South Wales. Just think they own it. And uh, we moved throughout country New South Wales uh, for a number of years, then uh, up to Pittsworth in Queensland, and I finished my high school in Maroochydore. Joined the Air Force for a while. Uh, moved up and down around about. And um, I was actually on my way up to Jabiru um, for a job up there and I stopped in Cairns and thought, I like this. I'll give myself a week to find a place to live and work. And I got into the fire protection industry and I've liked it and I've been in it ever since. So 40 years, um, half of it was in, in North Queensland, in Cairns, Townsville, Mount Isa. Uh, then back to Townsville, the people I worked for got bought out and there was a, a little redundancy package on offer. Uh, my wife and I came to, to Roma. Um, I spent the weekend talking to people, signed a contract on a house on the, the Monday, drove back to Townsville, packed up, moved down here. Didn't know a soul. So if you... Let me get this right. So if you moved from... I guess the metropolitan or the, or the large areas like down south sort of thing where, you, where you've travelled around a bit and you made your way up to Cairns, nice tropical spot, beaches and and all the rest of it. So what, why why out in the, the rural area? Why why Roma of all places? Um, opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I remembered Roma from playing football out here when I was a kid and um, I'm coming through here a couple of times with Dad. Um, and I just knew that uh, I knew the caliber of the the industry people who came out this way, and um, I knew there'd be an opportunity here. And Roma to me is 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 recession proof, um, with with the the variety of different industries we have here. When one's up, um, it covers for the others that are down. Even when the drought was at its worst, we had enough things going on here that the the town survives, and and it always will. Yeah. So take us then from signing a contract in Roma, um, obviously in a short space of time by the sounds of that, to those days first scratching to, to get the business off the ground. What did that look like? Oh, it, it looked like me operating out of the boot of a family Corolla, <laughs> <laughs> which was really quite interesting. Um, but look, I, I filled shelves at Woolies for every night for... Well, almost every night for a year and a half, uh, like a lot of business owners in Roma actually have, um, just to put food on the table. And I spoke to people. I, I 
Um, Brian Reardon was was uh, enormous help um, because he knew so many people. And I, I when we first got here, I, I you know, spoke to people in uh, service stations and pubs. That's always a great place to for, to meet people. And Brian put me in touch with people like Lynn Kieski, who put me in touch with people like Russell Fleming, who we've sadly lost. Um, and they obviously saw enough in me to trust me and started giving me a bit, me a bit of work and things just, just grew. Um, I had to keep going and, and asking for work. Yeah. Um, but that's how you do grow a business. So it was a sense of uh, community, I guess, behind behind you making those contacts to be able to help support you to, to one, to get that off the ground and then also to grow it. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing I, I did fairly quickly once I got here, um, I, I came from a situation where I was working with 30 or 40 people every day mm-hmm. to just working by myself. Um, within three months, I joined the Lions Club and uh, because I, needed, I knew I needed the, um, the camaraderie. But that also helped. Uh, it was actually through Lions that I, I got my first introduction to uh, OCA, which of course Origin ended up buying mm-hmm. uh, in 2003, and we are still doing their work here in 2020. Yeah, funny you mention about working by yourself. I think that is probably one of the biggest challenges starting up a business is that it, it's all on you. And, and we were talking a little bit about that before the show. So, what? How do you find that? especially in those early days as as a challenge like what impact did that have oh uh, it you you well i did this thinking that i'd have more time for family and, and more time for kids uh, and i did for a while because i wasn't doing a lot of work yeah <laughs> but uh it it does put a lot of pressure on uh, on the family uh you have to uh you have to find time for them and being a workaholic, which I already already knew I was, um, it didn't get much easier for me. Uh, but look, I, I had fantastic support from from my wife and, and my kids, um, and uh, eventually we we've got there. Yeah, it, it is really tricky. I think when as a business owner, you you tend to be to some degree the master of your own destiny. It it, it all wholly solely relies on you to either you know, make it or break it sort of thing. And I think I think that pressure um, sometimes can be, can be pretty overwhelming. And like you said, it's good to have that community support. And you mentioned lines there to be able to know that you're not alone um, with that. So I think that's a really good testimony to, the, to those community groups as well and that broader community networking in the rural areas um, with that. But one other thing I found really interesting we're talking about before the show is uh, we're mentioning the survival and challenges of business, but you mentioned the idea of a book. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, I'll just digress a little bit. One thing that, that I guess we, we crave when we start a business is, is success, but I don't think we give enough thought to how we're actually going to manage it if, when we are successful. Yeah. Uh, and that has a lot of challenges of its own. And, I, I just had a really bad day one day and um, I, I thought, I wonder how many other people uh, you know, feel like I do. And, and I thought of a book title and it's called uh, Buy a Bigger Hanky. 
And, and that's because there, there are times when, um, and, and, and maybe even still today, yeah. uh, I just wanted to curl up underneath a desk and cry because you put in so much effort and, uh, and things don't quite go right. Uh, and sometimes things go catastrophically wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I will write it. It'll be, it'll, it'll be a coffee table book. It'll be, um, it'll be uh, frank uh, and honest and probably totally inappropriate. Um, but uh, it'll also be humorous. So, yeah, it, it'll happen before I die. I can see the cover. I like the idea of the cover. Buy a, yeah, buy a big hanky. You're going to need a big hanky. And and I guess that's the thing too, isn't it? Going back to the master of your own destiny is that as a business owner, you really got to well, – the world is usually in chaos to some degree and it's up to us to carve order out of it. And like you mentioned, sometimes that doesn't go well. We have these grand plans and – life happens and sometimes little things happen and and how, how have you i guess personally um like you mentioned there before about the journey of success so how have you uh to some degree managed some of the times like where things just go to chaos uh yeah it's an interesting question i've had i've had a lot of um reliance on my family yeah uh, both both here in Roma and, and my extended family and, and friends um, I've had a lot of support from from my customers the the people who who I serve uh, I find them a, a never-ending source of support um, but we we've we've had some tough times so it the business has cost me a lot of time with my, my kids when they were younger. Yeah. Uh, it eventually cost me a marriage to, uh, to a fantastic woman uh, who, who helped uh, raise two great kids. Um, but I, I also, I'm a person, I'm not a religious person, but I have a very strong faith. Mm -hmm. and, I have a, and I also have a very strong belief in, in what I'm doing uh, and in, in people. And uh, I, I keep coming back to that if, uh, if I can... Um, if I can surround myself with, with good people, um, then I can get through anything. Yeah. It's having that social network really. And, and like you said, I think it's those, the chats down at the pub or at the community group or something like that. When you're having a, when life is in chaos and turmoil a bit and is having that, that mate alongside you that can sort of give you a bit of grounding, I guess, and, um, and just sort of help you through those tougher times. It is. So uh, moving from from the survival and challenges uh, part of the podcast here and probably taking a bit of a lighter side and looking at the innovation and overcoming of it because business isn't running a small business isn't all doom and gloom but obviously there is there is a significant cost and it does come with its own challenges um, you know both financially in the business and personally as well so what's what's some of the stuff that you've been able to, some of the benefits or some of the things that you've really enjoyed about running a business out, out in the bush? Oh, undoubtedly it's the people we deal with uh, and the people, and both internally uh, as in uh, my team at work and, uh, and the customers we deal with. I mean, we travel uh, as far as, as Thargaminda, um, Eramanga, out past the other side of Windora, um, up to Rolston, Biloela, down to the border. So we, we cover a, a large slice of Queensland. And, mm. and whilst I don't do all the travelling that I used to, uh, I've made very good lifelong friendships 
uh, along the way and, and, and just acquaintances. We don't have a bad customer in that whole area. Yeah. You know, uh, some are a bit challenging, uh, but, but uh, the, the people, uh, people in regional areas, people in the bush are different. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, we are all a bit suspicious to start with, um, but once you win us, um, you've got us forever, pretty mm. much. And uh, there's been a lot of people who have, over the years, helped me build this business. And um, uh, I've stuck by them, they've stuck by me. Uh, and, and even um, in, in recent times, this, this, this current situation we're in, um, because we're an essential business and, and our business hasn't been heavily impacted, uh, we've been able to help some who have been impacted. Yeah. Um, and I'm very happy with, about that. That that is entirely in keeping with my own personal ethos and 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 the ethos of the people who work with me. I don't have people working for me. I have people working with me. Yeah. And and probably one thing, obviously, declare now that uh, there was a brief moment in history where I did I was your employee. You were. Uh, I was. And one thing that <laughs> you don't quite think about it until you go through it is you don't realise how many where fire extinguishers are and where they are and that's one thing that blew me away especially uh with with your business is you mentioned the places you get to travel so one very fond memory that i do have is i think uh me and another chap went out to a drilling rig out near moomba in the time that uh, the the channel country was all out in flower and not that i'd probably ever go out on a holiday there um probably maybe down the track at some point, but it was just absolutely awesome to be able to go out there and that's work, you know, to drive through the um, the ups and downs of the channel country and just see a beautiful part of Australia. And and I think getting in touch with all those different businesses because, you know, you've got fire extinguishers in banks, you've got them out in gas fields, you've got them out on uh, quarry sites and, and everything in between. And um, that that was one, one element of the business I thought was really cool. And, and like you said, being able to meet all the different people um, with that is, have you found any, um, like any other benefits or I guess learnings out of being able to cover something that like, I'm assuming that would have to be at least maybe 10% of Australia or something around the number of that. It'd have to be pretty, a pretty big distance to cover for a business. It is. It is. Now, we, we, we just need to clarify your employment um, oh. for, for everyone. Uh, your dad's business took off and, and, and he rang me and said, I need him and blood's thicker than water. And that, <laughs> so, so Shane didn't get sacked. Um, his dad needed him and I understood. Uh. Uh, look, yeah, travelling out there, is, it, it is amazing. And, and the, the point you make about the wildflowers, the, the landscape is, is, is always changing. And I see and, and we see as... Uh, uh, all the people who, who go out there, and even just locally, but we see the most amazing sunsets and sunrises. Mm. And, and, and um, I'm, a, I'm a lover of the night sky, and, and it just doesn't get any better than, than winter in Western Queensland. Um, it's worth freezing yourself to death to, to just get out and, and see the, the absolute are, blaze in the, in the heavens. There are some cold mornings the further west you go. <laughs> I do remember that part. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, no, look, it, it's... I tell people it's good for the soul. Uh, we spend a lot of time travelling by ourselves, um, but the the, the trade-off is that you just see such um, variations 
and you really because we do it regularly the the changes in the seasons and 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 the beauty after rain and and the yeah. the absolute the the desolation that we had even in in this year I had to go to St George on the 2nd of January and there's a stretch there where I lost count of the number of of, um, of dead kangaroos but there was just as many live ones sort of sitting beside the road waiting to die it was so dry before we got that rain mm. so you go from the the you know that really tugs at your heartstrings and then it rains um and all of a sudden you you can't see any livestock anywhere because the grass is so high mm-hmm. going through and, the different seasons yeah and and, and there's a squillion butterflies so if you have an appreciation for nature, it certainly helps when yeah. you get a job that's on the road a lot. Yeah, yep. And, and probably talking about different seasons then, you know, 20 years in Roma um, and, and just, you know, that long running a business uh, based out in, in a rural part of Queensland, that's that's something, you know, pat yourself on the back. That's great um, testament to sustainability of a business. What, what do you think is a key point that is, I guess, it's not a it's not a sprint, yeah. I guess it's a marathon sort of thing. So what 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 would be a takeaway that you've learned out of out of doing it for the long haul? Uh, I think the biggest thing is 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 to um, is not to let people down. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fellow called Barry Urquhart from Western Australia. I, I was a big fan of his many years ago, and he was big on quality customer service, and that's something that I, I try and. and hammer into everyone who works with me is, is that the customer is actually a, a part of our team uh, they're the people who pay us they're the people who pay their their wages and that sort of thing uh, so we need to um, we need to operate in a, a highly ethical way and we need to be very understanding uh, everybody out there has a bad day mm. Uh, everybody out there has good days and sometimes you know, we, we cop them on a bad day and, and um, we have to be understanding of that and not go, oh, well, I'm not going back there again. Yeah. Uh, because we're in a service business and service and serve are from the same derivative and we're there to serve people. Yeah. Uh, and... Once you gain a reputation in, in a rural area, um, it tends to stay with you. And unlike the city where things chop and change and that sort of thing, because you have so many, especially small businesses um, that, that are family businesses like mine, like yours, um, you know, you're dealing with those people for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm. Um, Do you think that comes with a level of, because of the smaller nature of the communities, comes within a level of accountability compared to working in a in a larger metropolitan area. Oh, it does. I mean, we see these people walking down the street. Um, mm. I serve them out of the Lions Chip van. Um, same in, in Charleville, Kanamala, that sort of thing. Uh, unlike in the city where you, you're just someone at the end of a phone, um, here we actually see our customers. We interact with them. We talk with them. Yeah. Um, have to live in a community where we you live will in a see them all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they might be sitting across the, the, the table from us at a, at a restaurant whatever um yeah our kids go to school together mm. you know so it's it's you become part of community um i i made the the point when we were uh, discussing this earlier that that in the cities the the, the football teams always used to have a, a suburban name uh, but now they're, they're they're all rabbits or eagles or or whatever 
the the the, the enormity of the city has taken over, um, and and the identity of the the original is is being lost, mm. uh, and that's sad. You know, pe- people don't know their neighbours, whereas here we know our neighbours, and and chances are we're doing work for them. Yep, we rely on them as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that's that's a good thing. Um, you know, even growing up out here, it. It, it comes back to probably that social structure of having a tribe and and being accountable to them and and growing you know not only the business but as a person as well where uh, you know the moments where I have um, done some work in a metropolitan area it's very easy to just fade away and just be in your own little shell and you don't have to have that level of accountability to some degree uh, compared to what you do out here uh, so I think it is it is a big difference uh, with that so probably the other thing then, is the benefits of living in a rural community, how have you seen that uh, probably even play out into your own workforce side of things with uh, where the challenges or the benefits with recruitment and retaining teams out here? Because one thing I have found is when, when it gets hot out, out west, people start to complain about the heat a little bit and the, the beach is a bit further away than what it might be. So how have you managed to overcome or deal with that within your business? I don't think you ever overcome it. Yeah. Um, we we consciously try and and recruit and train local. Yeah. Um, and of course, you you always have the issue then where you uh, you get someone to a um, a level of expertise and um, uh, their their girlfriend wants to move to the coast or their or their or their boyfriend wants to move to the coast or, or whatever and you you end up losing them. I, we've we've lost quite a few to. Um, to family and, and that sort of thing over on the coast. Um, that, that's unfortunate, but that's part of business. Uh, we've also managed to bring a few people out from the city to, and, and they've assimilated well here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the thing is to, to continue to, to have faith in, uh, in the local community and continue to try and look and create within the community. I mean, one of my stated aims when I kicked this business off was to uh, to uh, create a level of expertise in this area that didn't exist before. Mm. Um, and we have a, a, we've got a, a fairly good balance of, of youth and age in our business now. Um, so uh, yeah, we, we're getting there. Do you find that your practices within the business change a little bit? Because it is, even growing out, up out here with you know friends and you find people move into town then they move out of town and it does become a little bit transient. Do you find that your your practices within the business change because you start to preempt that or you know that, well, this is just part of doing business out here? Um, <clears throat> I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way, yeah. actually. Uh, you, you're probably right. Um, I'm becoming a lot more... Um, Intuitive, I would I'll say about uh, what's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking more notice of little things that people do and say, and, and I'm just sort of clocking that in the background, thinking, well, you know, yep, they're going to be good, or I better keep an eye on this one. Um, so yeah, I I, I I guess it 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 does have an effect. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it the way you asked it. Moving on to some advice for people that might be either thinking about taking the journey of becoming a, a business owner 
or might already be along that pathway. What's some advice that you would you would like to impart to those people that that are on the journey? I I think the first thing is if if you have um, no first thing is do it. <laughs> take the uh, be, step. Be brave. Take the step because if you want to make a change in the world, it, it's much easier to do. Um, as someone who is, is a business owner than, than someone who's working for a business. Mm. Um, find out what it is you, you think you want to do and start listening to, because that, that's the easiest way, it's easier than, than reading, start listening to, to just um, business podcasts, learn the language of business and start to put together a support team before you even, uh, before you even look at getting into the business proper, <clears throat> excuse me, there'll be, there'll be things about the business that you're very good at and there'll be a lot of things that you're not. And that's where you need your support team so that when you are ready to start swinging spanners or painting or you know, whatever it is you're going to do, doctoring, yep. whatever, um, you've already got the support team you, you need. Uh, a big part of that, a big part of where business fails is um, that a lot of us, uh, are not fortunate enough to be very good at administration. Yep. And you can work as hard as you like, but if your admin's no good, uh, you will just fail. So um, uh, administration is, 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 is king in my books um, because not, it, that's what turns your hard work into dollars in the bank. Yeah, it's not all about the um, as much as you might be thinking you're doing really well <laughs> doing whatever you do in your business. If, if all that stuff's not happening in the back end, that's what you're saying is that's where, that's where you can come unstuck. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And that's mm. you know, statistics prove that. that. That's why so many businesses go broke in the first five years. Yeah. Uh, so, so get that in place first. Um, maintain your integrity. If, if you haven't got integrity, then you know, your business belongs in the garbage dump. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and always maintain that, especially especially in a rural area, because um, people don't forget you you don't get the, um, the you don't get the changes like you do in the city. Mm -hmm. um, so you you get one maybe two shots at it. Uh, doesn't matter how much well not quite. If if you make mistakes, but people can see you're a person of of, of um, good heart and good integrity, they they're more accepting. Um, and I think the other thing is to uh, to get yourself a good business coach, yep. some, someone to uh, to keep you on track. Um, it costs money, but I think uh, it's 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 well worth it. It helps to keep you on track, um, helps to keep fresh ideas in your mind. And if you get the right one, uh, they they become part of your business and they they really do um, really do help. Do you think that helps with some of the level of accountability, given <laughs> the fact that we are as business owners up you know no one's keeping an eye on us outside of our customers and and what we keep an eye on does it help with that level of accountability to be able to have those chats about um about your business with someone else oh most certainly most certainly uh and and in the process um you've got a a, a very good business brain uh to bounce ideas off yep um so that you don't make bad decisions um, because every bad decision started as a good idea. Say that again to me. Every bad decision started as a good idea. <laughs> oh, uh, and we were, we were all present at each one of those decisions. Oh, look, yeah, it, it, it happens. Um, it's only when we get down the track we go, oh, no, I wish I hadn't. Yeah, yep, the, 
I'll have to leave that one sink in for a bit, <laughs> I think. No, that's that's good. Okay, well, something uh, a little bit different on the podcast here we're just going to move into. It's a little bit funner um, to dive into a little bit behind the, the psyche of Rick Grinsell and uh, what what the man is like behind the, behind the business of the person servicing the fire extinguisher. What we're going to do is a quick little question minute round. So I'm going to set the timer here for one minute. And these are random questions. So the first thing that pops to your, to your mind, I can edit anything out afterwards, so it's all good. We're in a safe space. So we'll, uh, are you ready to fire away? Righto, let's do it. Let's go. Okay, what would you name your boat if you had one? Abundance. Abundance. Okay, what food do you hate? Awful. Where would you never want to go on holiday? I don't get to have holidays. So anywhere <laughs> is good. Order a drink at a bar. Red wine. Would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? Fur. Are you always early or always late? Oh, I'm always late. <laughs> How do you take your coffee? Uh, strong without sugar, but with milk. What would your superpower be? Intuition. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I, maybe an eagle. Okay. Sushi or tacos? Sushi. Oh, there we go. Oh, got us on sushi. I think um, oh, we made our way up to 10 questions. That's great. Uh, that's pretty good in a minute. That's awesome. Well, Rick, uh, we're just going into the, the elevator pitch at the moment. So give us a, a quick pitch about what you do. And if someone's interested in getting some assistance with that, where can they find you and find out some more information? Okay, thanks, mate. I'm, I'm going to go left field here just, just to yeah, throw you yeah. out. First thing I want to put a pitch in for is I'm president of the Lions Club of Roma at the moment. Um, Lions is an international organisation. We're always looking for new members because we build towns and communities. Please um, consider it if you're watching this. Join a local Lions Club. Okay, Roma Fire. Roma Fire and First Aid, we sell and service firefighting equipment. We teach people how to use it. Uh, we also do alarm systems, smoke alarms. We do the same with first aid equipment. Uh, we have a first aid trainer. Uh, we uh, maintain first aid kits, anything from uh, bandages through to defibs through to, uh, I can get you an ambulance if you want. <laughs> uh, we've got a great team. We've been going 20 years. Currently we're, uh, we're on Raglan Street in Roma in the workshops complex. We, uh, next year we will move into our own uh, wonderful, Beautiful property. Mm -hmm. um, you can find us on the web at uh, all the W's, romafire.com.au. Uh, the girls have also thrown us up on Facebook because I don't have the, uh, the ability to do that. Uh, we operate business hours, but because we're an on-call business, we uh, the phone gets answered pretty well 24-7. Yeah, awesome. Oh, well, Rick, thanks very much for, for coming on being guests on Your Country Business. It's much appreciated and great chat, mate. Loved it. Thanks very much. Thanks, mate.